Welcome back, everybody, to the Uncensored CMO. Now, this edition is a little bit special. It is my 100th episode. I know, <laughs> time has flown. I can't actually believe I've done 100 episodes, but here we are on episode number 100. Um, I thought long and hard about who should I have on as my guest this episode. Now, someone that makes me laugh, makes me cry, and also has a real ability to put the finger on something in marketing that uh, you know we all know and love is Rob Mayhew, uh, the legend that is the TikTok influencer himself. I asked Rob if he'd come on and share some of the stories about why on earth he does this, you know, his, his background in stand-up comedy and how he makes a business out of being funny. It's a really cool episode, this. We have a lot of fun and we also have a special guest that we dial in. I won't, I won't break the surprise, but uh, I'm sure you might be able to guess who that is. But we had a real blast doing this. It's a, it's a great episode to mark 100 episodes of the Uncensored CMO. So here it is, Rob Mayhew. This is the 100th episode of the podcast. Happy birthday. Thank you, mate. And uh, I'm joined by the one and only, in fact, impossible to miss. In, well, if anyone listening, uh, I should introduce you, Rob Mayhew. Uh, you may have seen him and you've certainly seen his jumper. And in honour of this fact, I'm in fact, he's donated the original jumper for me. For, so anyone on YouTube can see. It's the long it sleeve, yeah. warm and wonderful slash rowing blazer You've, you've had a few nights jumper. out, right? It's been with me everywhere, this one. Kids been all over this, maybe? Yeah, on the, on the sleeve there. It's <laughs> been, it's just, it's lost its shape a little bit, but it's a it's a classic, a it timeless seems classic. It's right? Yeah, it has, actually. And it's made famous once by Lady Diana. That's what she wore uh, on a date in the 80s when she uh, was hanging out with Prince Charles at the polo. Wow. It makes me sound quite rare, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> I'm not rare. Far from it. <laughs> But your jumper has become quite fast. You've got a collection of jumpers. Is I'm this, trying to is take this... it from Lady Diana. I want yeah. to modernise this jumper. But I've got, yeah, there's a, I've got a bunch. I've said it's funny because I bumped into you in Cannes, right? And it was about 35 degrees Celsius. I was in a T-shirt dripping with sweat. There's you, down the quasette, full jumper attire. How do you do that? I, just been, I must have just been filming something and I, I just keep it on because I'm inherently lazy. Um, but it was too hot. I was, it you was, have it kept was this madness. one on quite a lot. I, I have, yeah. You, I can, you've probably I can ruined it now. It probably needs to be in a museum, I think. <laughs> but um, I love it as a jumper. I think it's brilliant. And I, I there's something about it. This wasn't like... I. I wore this jumper in like these a little collection of jumpers I wear for all my sketches. And the reason why I did that was because I love the brand. And I thought, you know, what, if I wear these jumpers enough, um, maybe they'll give me some free jumpers. And have they? Yeah. Six months in it took. Did it six, six months? months and I got an email. They're based in New York. I got an email at like three in the morning going, Rob, we love what you're doing. Do you want some free jumpers? And I literally fell off the bed. It was Aww. amazing. I was so happy. It's why I did it. How many have you got now? Probably about 20-something jumpers. <laughs> I love jumpers. And uh, you got like a special I'm, wardrobe for I, the special jumpers. I, I, like I, yeah, I have a look drawers. I have to roll them all out, my wife says. Um, <laughs> but I love them. And they're, they're, they're just, they're proper. It's not fast fashion. They're proper. They're, they're quite expensive as well. I can feel it, actually. They're, they're it, a nice it's, wool. It's weighty. And it's, it's a nice you know, weighty can, wool. Yeah. Um, so I, I love my jumpers. And this is what I wear, though. This isn't like a, a, a branding thing. This is how I dress. Anyone who's worked with me over the years knows that... I dress a bit odd, uh, eclectic anyway. Um, so, yeah, this is me. There you go. Well, let's. Um, I'd love to find out how you got here today because, um, you know, we're of a similar ish age, I think. And I think so, yeah. Yeah. But 43. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, 42. Are you? No, not, no, 49. But um, my, are, my, you? My, 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 are you 49? It was my birthday yesterday, right? And, uh, 
And my, I oh, know. Happy birthday. Thank you. And I, I, I think I turned 46 and I was a bit upset. Like, you know, 45 seems sort of on the right side and 46, like nearer 50 than 40. And my daughter, Lilia, she says to me, she goes, Daddy, from this day, from this year onwards, I'm going to start counting backwards. So my birthday yesterday, she goes, happy 42nd, Daddy. Oh, so there you go. So according to Lilia, we're the same age. Perfect. There you go. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice anyway. to celebrate it. Um, how do you end up doing what you're doing now? Because um, you weren't always doing this, were you? No, I mean, I've worked in marketing and advertising, PR. You know, for sort of 20 years, I was born in Felixstowe, the sunny capital of Suffolk, and went to university and studied like business studies. And I basically a generic, I was quite sheltered living in Felixstowe. So I wanted to go, I wanted to go to university just for that reason, uh, to actually see some people outside of the area. And going, I went to Nottingham Trent University, did business studies and because uh, that was the most generic thing I could find, because I wasn't particularly, I wasn't particularly academic. I did okay in my uh, school, but I wasn't particularly smart. During the university placement, so I did a four-year course where one year you have to go and do a year's placement, and everyone wants to go and work at Boots, the big kind of businesses. That's what I thought you'd go and do, and then, and I couldn't get a placement. No one would have me. And then someone at the university said, "Oh, there's an agency in London uh, called Team LGM who." Uh, you should go and talk to because they're a bit more marketing. I was like, okay, that should be quite fun. And then I ended up there for a year and it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. And that was my first taste of what an agency could be like. And this was a below the line agency. Do people still talk below the line and above the line? I think I think so. It was always growing up, at, I say growing up, right? as in like early in my career, it's always like above the line's the sexy bit and below yeah. the line's the sort of slightly dirty making cardboard to go into the corner shop to flog an extra can of tango type. Exactly. And I remember my clients were um, RJ Wiggins paper, and I, I don't remember what the other clients were, but it was just, it was fun. Uh, the people were young and it was kind of exciting. It was in London. Uh, they're based in Marlebone. I just got that itch for it. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I remember reading that year. I read uh, Eating the Big Fish, Eat the Big Fish. Oh yes, Adam Morgan. Uh, Adam Morgan, one of your previous guests. And that changed everything for me. I was like, oh, it's not, it can be, it's even, there's even a wider world of advertising and brands out there and and. So I went back to university and yeah, the rest is history, really. I kind of came back to London, um, started working in sort of sales promotion agencies and uh, BD Network was my first agency job in London. And I just loved it. And I've, I've always loved it. So for 20 years, not sorry, let me rephrase it. I haven't always loved it. But for 20 years, it's kind of just kept me sort of, I've still wanted to be within this world and I've had ups and downs I'm definitely on an app right now, though. I love. I just love what's been happening, and yeah, it's, it, I've worked. As I said, I've worked for uh, sales promotion agencies. I've worked for uh, PR agencies, advertising agencies. You know, big networks, independents. And I think that in itself has given me real exposure to the things that are the same in all the different agencies and the things that are slightly different, and what I like in an agency, what I don't like in an agency, and yeah, it's it's kind of been a wild ride. The last few years and where, where does the comedy uh, so you, you i think you've done stand-up haven't you or you, you do yeah, stand up yeah i started where, doing was that a side up. thing or i <laughs> just, made me, just made me think of something actually so my first ever stand-up gig uh simon massey who runs neverland has a who founded neverland agency uh was working with me at exposure at the time and he had a festival called leaning stock still does actually 
And so I thought I'm going to do stand up. I didn't prepare anything. I got really drunk and he gave me a 20 minute slot, which is sort of something you might give Jerry Seinfeld. Like you don't give that to a first person, so you can blame him. Uh, and I bombed. I mean, it was horrific. I think there was video footage of it somewhere, but I don't, I've never seen it. Uh, it was horrific. And I didn't do it again for sort of 10 years. That was in like 2005. And then, yeah, d- didn't do it again for 10, 15 years. And then I've done it for so about four or five years before lockdown and just loved it. I love doing stand up. It was just something that I enjoyed the kind of freedom of it. Like you can just come up with an idea and, and go up on stage and say it that night. I never really got beyond 10 minutes, sort of, you have to really work the circuit. You have to be up every night doing it. And I'm not, in, well, I'd say I'm a bit inherently lazy. In essence, it's, it's difficult. It really takes motivation. You want to go out every night to be doing stand-up. Yeah. And it's a lot of work to do that. And um, have how a much, full-time uh, job. I mean, how much do you have to prepare for stand-up? Because obviously it's made to look like I just turned everything. up and, you, you prepare, know, took the piss out of the audience. The, but, at the start, yeah. you prepare everything. Um, as you get a bit more experienced and you kind of find your voice, you can be a bit more flexible. And then you, but you get, it gets to a point when you do it enough, you, you kind of can have fun with it. You know what you've got to say, you know where the laughs are going to be. And you can try, the, the key is to kind of find your own voice and to find what you can talk about comfortably or that gets just, you know, that's exciting to talk about and to write. And I enjoyed the writing process of it all. Uh, and then lockdown happened. So I, there was no more stage time. And by this point in my career, I was sort of head of social. So I'd moved over from kind of account handling. I'd become quite sort of senior in digital and social. So I've always been really curious in my job. And that's one thing I think why I'm still in the job itself is because I might not be the smartest account handler, but I was always probably one of the most curious. So thinking what's going to be the next big thing that got me into digital, got me into social. And then uh, when TikTok came along, I'd by that point I'd kind of fallen out of love with social media. You post something and onto Instagram, and twenty five percent of your audience might see it, or was it five percent of your audience might see it? I can't remember the stat now, um, but very low. And then unless you paid to to get your post boosted, and you know the whole process of writing a content calendar, briefing the studio, and all of that, it's just it was so, such a long winding process that it was just kind of boring. And then you're kind of creating all these different boring high production content for these brands that's never seen. And then TikTok came along and it's like everything changed. Number one, uh, it, the content could be lo-fi. Number two, anyone can just, all you need is a phone and a ring light. So immediately uh, anyone, you don't have to be designed, you have to have production skills. And so it changed. I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to learn about TikTok. I'm become a TikTok expert the best way of doing that because I thought this is the bit part of the job I want to be focusing on so I was freelancing at the time I I didn't have work I couldn't get a job so I decided to kind of why don't I start posting content for myself I'd done stand-up I can create some characters I can just take some of my jokes that I've written some stories and I'd go around I'd post eight times a day when I first started eight eight times a day um and just figuring stuff out and it took six months I was getting like maybe a hundred views 200 views 300 views occasionally a thousand views and then I did a sketch about uh, what happens when someone's in the meeting room when you've booked it and I just used so this was one of the first sketches I did where I filmed it at home with a green screen Um, so not with a physical green screen but just using the green screen app on the on the TikTok app and it 
it changed everything for me because I thought, oh, I, I can film everything at home so I don't have to go out and walk, walk the streets. Um, I can come up with an idea. I can be anywhere with a green screen. So I can be in a, on a beach. I can be in a meeting room. I can be in a taxi. And I thought, you know, what? I can, I've got 20 years of experience of just being an office culture. So I started doing kind of office culture type relatable content and then just flew. It just flew immediately. And then I, I'd say a few months into that, I just got more confident thinking, do you know what? Why don't I be more specific about agency and a bit more specific about kind of the things that I wish I could say in a meeting or have the confidence to talk, to highlight some of the things in the job that uh, I think are ridiculous, that actually a lot of people might not understand sort of timesheets or showing a mood video or just some of the nuances in pitching that only people who have really experienced it will kind of get. So I'm sort of, and this isn't necessarily a great tip for brands, but I was I was uh, narrowing my audience somewhat. Uh, and I got to 150,000 followers, which is someone today. And so that's not like a huge amount, really. But I've got 150,000 followers of people who are, uh, work in agency, work in small business, work in branding and, and just are in this kind of world that we're in. So I'm happy with that. But I, lo- I love how you pick on what seems to be very, very small mundane things and just make them funny. It's but that, brilliant. That's the thing. So I always, what I do is I'll get my phone out and I'll, I'll during the week, I'll write down little premises, things I'll notice. And, and again, this is it tends to be me just going in my mind thinking, you know, 15 years ago, I'll put myself in one of my agents, like what was weird about what was happening. But you take like a, meet, a client meeting, you've got, you're, you're preparing for the meeting, you're getting the pastries, you're meeting the client down in reception, you're, you're bringing them up in the lift, you're getting the IT ready, you're bringing them in, when do you eat the pastries, is the tech working? Just from that, there's like a thousand uh, sketch ideas. And then even within that, you can start picking up on, little things that happen about you know you haven't got a pen in the meeting and you you know you need to be making notes so you're sort of looking around trying to think I can't really ask for a pen and then you're sort of stuck and it's just those little moments that I find really interesting and then the hard the, the easiest bit is writing relatable content I think the hardest bit is trying to stick a joke in there and especially on TikTok you can hook them in but I think the what the content I do that does well is when there's a payoff so there's a surprise or a a joke or something that elevates it. And I've always found that the more kind of agent, the more I'd really dig into the kind of the agency kind of, uh, if you know, you know, jokes, they're the ones that do great. And especially well, on LinkedIn. Well, as well. Well, one of my favorite ones is that is, is meeting the, uh, meeting the team at the pitch and you go, yeah. Oh, hi, hi, I'm the business owner. Uh, you won't see me again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got exactly. like the strategist. Yeah. I, I, I had two weeks to do this. I did it in the last half of that. And, then <laughs> and the, the creative is going, well, I, you know, it's and, just... and it's funny. You said, that's exactly as a great example of one that I, you just sit down you just write and you think, Oh, this is going to do great because you think, it's exactly right. You know, the C, they, the C, CMO will come into the pitch or whoever, the founder will come into the pitch and you, they won't see him again. They, they'll see him at the awards do uh, when they won't know what award they're up for. Uh, they'll meet the client and they'll be like, thank you so much, all of that. Uh, then you've got the strategist had no time. You've got the account handler who's been working all night and maybe a creative, creative director, but who's just angry. Uh, and so it's kind of it, things like that write themselves. And it's, I, I love, I love it. And it, but it's, it's, focusing on those moments the moments i get into that world i'll think of that idea and then off that there'll be like another 20 it's, it's like stripping back the veneer and looking at the kind of honesty uh, and another favorite of mine is the receptionist kind of like if the receptionist yeah. told you know 
And this is that's great. Yeah. So what the receptionist sees, basically, yeah. and and no, the receptionist, we all know this is like the pinnacle of every agency. So they're, they're so important. They're so vital. They keep the things going, basically. And they also I've had really good friends who are receptionists when I've worked at agencies and they, you know, I'd go and hang out there and I just see some of the rubbish they'd get briefed to do and like go and run errands and uh, they also get all the gossip and they get to see who's coming in with who and what time they're coming in. So they're always a gold mine. And I always think that's always quite rich. And and so I, I thought that's a great kind of uh, point of view as well uh, of just seeing what, what, okay, what would the receptionist see? Like what are the things, if you're an honest receptionist, what would you just wouldn't want to book meeting rooms for people? Just book your own meeting room, please. And like what are the things they'd say? So that's, that's interesting, putting myself into other positions. Uh, I think just being in on different types of agencies, independent, big network agencies, like you all, they're all different experiences. So I can tap into all of that. So what's been your most successful, most viewed TikTok of all time? What, what topic was it? Uh, the most successful ones are probably uh, the honest. So the honest handover, um, the honest uh, leaving speech. I think because... The, I'm saying things people wish they could say yeah. or highlight it, sort of exaggerating the things that, you know, sometimes happen. Um, and so I think people are drawn to that to see where I'm taking it. When I, when I So that does really well. They do really well on, on TikTok and LinkedIn as well. So I'd, have to say, I'd say I was probably about a year, two year and a half into making my TikToks before I realised I should be posting them on LinkedIn. I thought I wanted to build, build up like a bank of content get good at it i i wanted to get really good at it before i kind of started showing my peers even though they'd started to discover it themselves but not all not not, not to the level it is now and so i um started posting on linkedin i didn't know followers were, was a thing on linkedin that you could get followers. i thought it was just connections so i went from like 200 followers to like fifty thousand followers in like a month and i was posting three or four times a day because i had a two-year back catalog or or you know i had thousands of sketches pretty much ready to go so i was posting my best of you know so i could just spam linkedin with my sketch and after like a couple of weeks it just kind of blew up and the engagement levels on linkedin have just gone uh, continued to be crazy because that's really interesting because the advice tends to be on linkedin don't post every day because otherwise the algorithm you know doesn't reward I've not you seen but that's, that at that's all, yeah. the opposite isn't it it's the like, opposite and people are people use linkedin for different reasons job hunting and networking and just keeping up on what's going on in the industry. And I think actually just it's quite refreshing to see a video, uh, maybe something a bit funny, but actually does speak to them if, as a marketeer. Mm. So that's why it does so well. But people, I mean, the comments I get, I'll get, you know, I'll get hundreds of thousands of views every day on LinkedIn and, and you know, hundreds of comments on each post. And and I can see where all of them work. And, I, and also, <laughs> like, if I want to get a deal with, um, I don't know, uh, Heinz Salad Cream, what I'll do is I'll I'll follow all the brand marketing team at Heinz. I'll follow the agency people who work on the Heinz account. Uh, and then I'll slowly might throw in a couple of Heinz references in my sketches, post them, don't tag them or anything, and then let them discover the fact that I'm a fan of Heinz salad cream and they'll and hopefully they'll reach out. And I did that with Pret. I mean, I, I, I was going to Pret anyway, because everyone does at work. Um, and it just felt like a real... Like, I don't know why Pret haven't reached out to me. And because and, I'd I'll always be talking about like Pret pastries, Pret, you know, going out for one of my funniest ones I really enjoy doing this is um, I hate for some reason, I'm a very sociable person, but I'm also quite shy. So 
when I leave the office, it's headphones on, podcast on, like your your own podcast. Um, and I'll I'll I don't want to walk with people to the station. Or I, and if I go out for lunch, I kind of want to go by myself. So and then, so I'd be like, oh, does anybody want anything from lunch? Uh, I'm just popping out. The worst thing people could say to me is, yes, I'll come with you. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just that just drives me mad. I'm yeah. like, oh god. Uh, or they'll go. I'm trying to get away from. Yeah, you. I'm trying to. Although, then this is just me throughout all the years, not now. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, can you get me a sandwich? But I, I've, I don't want this, this, and you're like, please. And you have to start writing it down. And then you have to take it. On the... And so I, I do those sketches. I'd actually use a prep background and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and then Pret have reached out, and I'm now sort of doing content for them uh, about their membership, and it's 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 great, and it's almost like it just feels like a natural fit yeah. because, it, and that's where it, I I find it really interesting. I never went into this thinking I would be a sort of a creating content with brands and stuff. I, I think quite quickly I realised there was an opportunity, but I always thought I'd be a TikTok expert uh, working at agency rather than a content creator that agencies work would work with so, so I, I and it's wanna... only recently that i really have had the confidence to sort of that is my reality yeah and that's i'd love what's... to dig into that a little bit because i think mm. that's something that mo- a lot of people won't you know understand about how how that how that industry works before doing that though um so if you could dream up the ultimate sponsor for you who would it be like is who's the next prep that you're gonna just <sighs> to drop those question. little crumbs um, oh, it's a really good question so i i do genuinely uh, have a very immature palate. So um, everything I eat is beige. It's better now I'm married because my wife keeps track of what I eat. She's like, come on, let's have some salad this evening. But I always have salad cream. Salad cream? Salad cream with it's my a food. salad cream. Heinz salad cream. And they've reached out a couple of times. But Come on, Heinz. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I am literally a walking ambassador for Heinz salad cream. Uh, my you, wife, you, you my wife a, made you me a, a bit tray. spilled on the jumper. Like. <laughs> there probably is. If you look on your jumper, there's probably fair, salad cream. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> so that's what that is. Um, yeah, obviously something okay, else yeah. um, the, um, yeah. but I, My wife made me a tray that says, there's got a Heinz salad cream. So uh, if I sit and I eat in front of the TV, which obviously we try not to do, uh, but it's a Heinz salad cream tray. And I, I got uh, Valentine's Day this year. I, she got me a bespoke uh, had my name on it, bottle of Heinz salad cream. Wow. This is, that's the fandom. ultimate expression of love. Yeah, exactly. That's fandom. Yeah. That's what Zoe Scamer's talking about. And me, that's, that's exactly it. I've got my, I love my, I love my Heinz salad cream. But, I've, but in all seriousness, there's, I love working with brands who are a little bit left field as well. So I love, for instance, uh, 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 Psychor or, uh, so is like Adobe basically. And, uh, who want to illustrate how their products can work in business. So I love something like that where I have to really go away and think about how this can be. There's some that have real natural fits and then some that I have to go out and really write something that can work. And there are some brands who I just love the brands that are, who, who want to do some interesting stuff. Uh, and, you know, my audience, I can be in a workplace, but also I can, I can be working from home. It can, you know, I can write, create any world basically. And so I really love a challenge. And so I'm trying to think of some other... I'll think of some more brands as we're talking. Let, 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 let's, let's so get, I really let's, should thought... Yeah, let, let's drop them into conversation. Exactly. And then, then, as the, as yeah, the CMOs listen, sponsorship. we're like, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get a sponsor for the show at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Win-win. Win-win. There you go. 
One of my favorites, actually, in terms of your kind of collaboration content wise was, yeah. was pitch because like yeah. everybody's got a pitch story, haven't they? Yeah. Like whether you're client or agency, you've always got that horror story about a pitch where you turned up or, I mean, the one that I'll, one that one just literally made me shiver was um, I went to do a pitch to Sainsbury's yep. and I had the Tesco logo. I had actually <laughs> pitched to Tesco the week before. Great. And Great. honestly, she was a scary buyer. I mean, buyers are scary anyway, but yeah. she is like badass. You know what I mean? She, you can't she, go with the Tesco She just logo. literally said, what Yeah, that's Yeah, it's over then. You can't... Are you doing? Yeah. And is there... Uh, and I'm honest, she's, she's right, by the way, and, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and you're just mortified and you're just like, how on earth? And like the next six emails to her were, to, you know, dear Sarah, to, you know, yeah. sort of like, you know, eventually, I think I got a listing like nine months later and we never forgot about it. Yeah. It's funny, actually, I, I think I met, we, we did something outside of work at one point and then turns out she's got a wicked sense of humour and she was just playing with me. Oh. But you know what I mean? I, I like, geez, like for weeks, I was just it's horrified. It, yeah, and like, but those that, things that, happen. That feeling, you know, just seeing your post, like, that feeling came back. I was like, shit. It's, I hold the mirror up to the industry and, you know, it's, I, I, it's all a love letter. I love, I love the industry. But there are, there are some serious topics within there but, and, and pitching's one of them. And so partnering with Pitch was sort of a, so pitch.com kind of create these templates to you can basically for someone like me who can't format slides it's perfect um which is why again <laughs> this perfect collaboration and it's about they wanted to highlight some of the issues with pitching and and rather than just go can you do a tiktok for us they were like let's do a campaign so i did a a, a kind of a, a call to arms asking people for their pitching stories and then i got like over 400 uh, entries in my dms and in the comments so I went through all of them and then created a one big sketch of the best of pitch horror stories. And yeah, I posted that this week. And again, it's got like 250,000 views on LinkedIn alone and over 300 comments. And that's amazing. And it's, and it's because people can relate to it and they've all got their own stories. They're sharing their list. And if you read the comments of that post alone, it's terrifying, but it's, it's because, um, there's a serious topic there as well, which is about, you know, pitching hasn't changed over the years. Not really. Um, it has at times, but it's still the stresses, the late nights, the free pizza you get if you're working late, the weekend work and all of that, that still goes on. And, uh, you know, what pitching and you're not getting paid for pitching, um, clients have, you know, and it's not easy for them. They've seen four agencies already and they've got another agency. It's four o'clock and, you know, just it's, it's, it's so the, those parts of the job, uh, I, I, I like to kind of feel like I can be a voice for those because um, I've got an audience and I don't have the answers. I don't know what the solution is there, but I can start the conversation. Totally. And I think that's something. I think it's a genius move for pitch as well, because it's much better for someone else to tell your story, isn't it? Right. So yeah. pitch could go sponsored post, exactly. you know, this is what we know about pitching or whatever. And you'd be the sort of thing you just scroll past, right? Yeah. But you pop up with some hilarious kind of take on pitching that everyone kind of like laughs at. And then in, in the comments, and then people don't mind being sold to if there's some value being created at the same time. Or, and that is exactly the secret to, thing with this, isn't when it? I do my sketches with brands, you know, it used to be that you'd need to get the brand in there the first three seconds. Otherwise, yeah. you know, that's no one, you know, it doesn't count as a brand thing. But now it's almost like, how can I bring a brand into the sketch? is isn't going to alienate my followers. Uh, it has to feel natural and it has to feel like they're not being sold. To, it has yeah. to be added value. Uh, of course, there's a bit of selling going on there. Yeah. 
But uh, majority of the time, the, the comments are always really great and they, they engage with it. And I, I love that challenge because yeah. that's where I really I enjoy about being a one-man advertising agency because I get to sit there and write these things. And remember, I'm an account handler or yeah. I have been by trade, an account handler who, you know, you wouldn't give the copy to me. You wouldn't. Do, but actually, I've, I've been a... I've always wanted to be a creative and that's what that's what's changed in the last few years is that I can you know realize that actually I why can't I be um why can't I be creative I think you're writing this book actually called the subtle art of never having to sell because I I think like there's so much particularly in b2b right there's so much like hard sell isn't it like you know here are the five reasons why you should kind of subscribe to you know whatever whatever and like you know like doing this podcast for example I'm trying try and find ways of, of adding value to other people and then then they discover whatever it is you're selling rather than having to sort of push the message let you know let the uh, audience come to you and i think what brands when they work with me uh they're getting my four thousand sketches i've done previously they're getting all that experience like all the mistakes i've made all the ways i've worked out how i can bring a brand into a, a sketch and so when they pay me to work with me they're buying all that experience that I've, I've all that time I've worked for free for, for a few years my poor wife having to suffer through me with my you know filming telling her to not bang the pots while she's doing the washing up and that sounds terrible that we should do we share the washing up but as an example she's banging the pots that would annoy me um and don't get cancelled <laughs> no, uh, but yeah she might be doing fixing the car uh, and uh, just make any making what I mean is that she's long suffering, but she's always been like, do you know what? You love this. You love. She could tell immediately. I started on TikTok that I loved it, and I found it's it's if it's taken me twenty years to find something, but that's all I want to do. Like, there's not a minute that I'm thinking I'd much rather be you know making a sketch right now or filming. And like, and the good thing is like my being in the job is it just all feeds into this, you know kind of conveyor belt of ideas that I have and so that's why I was posting eight times a day because I wanted to learn about it because I had so many ideas I was bursting with things to do and that's what keeps me going and I, and I absolutely love it. At what point did you so obviously you're working in agency world for 20 odd years at what point were you able to turn this prep, prep by the way yeah. yeah we need to think of some more uh, uh, sponsors I'm gonna uh, British Airways British... You, presumably you must travel around the world I do travel you need, you and I you, often right? travel British Airways because I'm trying to collect the points. Uh, uh, yes. And business mic, travel, way, just, just for the avoidance of Business doubt, travel yeah. uh, is incredible. It is, isn't it? Yeah, the, lounges, the lounges are great. The la- just access yeah. to the lounges. And when they send you a car, point. you know, they send you a car to pick you up. Isn't that lovely? Isn't and that if nice? you go first class, then yeah. uh, I think this is actually Virgin, but let's not talk about it. Let's talk about it for BA. <laughs> BA, yeah, yeah. I've done, But BA could experiment with it. They could, They could try, you know, you could be their first... I, I don't know why they haven't asked me for a series. I know. On business travel. Yeah, right. But actually filmed on the flight. How to get an upgrade. Exactly. Surely, like everyone wants to know how to get an upgrade. I don't think you can now. No. Do people get upgraded? I, I did actually. I, I, I did the other day, but I didn't even know. So I, I just got the ticket and I'm like, 4F. Oh, that's like, good, isn't it? That's and going to New York as well. Like, because oh. those planes have quite a few business. I'm like, 4F. Is this a printing error? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I've got I, a great idea for BA. I think you need to get Niels on comment on the phone. We need to get Niels on the phone, right? Should because we get Niels on the phone right now? I think we should. Let's call him in. Because I've got a great idea uh, <laughs> that I want to pitch for him. Right, let's give this a go. Come on, are you? Hello, John. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm imagining you're in some swanky first-class lounge with your, your BA client. Am I right? 
not quite right, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to cast any aspersions on that, but that isn't really the vibe. <laughs> is it more partridge? <laughs> Oh, there he is. Are you two larking around? We're, we're, we are, basically, yeah. It's, My it's, goal is for this podcast to be longer than your one. So even though yours was a two-parter last time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the side effect of that is that you have to be flawlessly interesting, Rob. I know, but I've just been quoting you and Cindy Gallup the last hour, so that's yeah. fine. A lot of talk of cheese and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got... Right, OK, are you ready for this? You're going to be annoyed that I'm even telling this publicly... But uh, this is your next big BA campaign, okay? okay? Right, okay. And you can have this. This is, uh, my, as me telling free, you this, right? for this free. Is, you yeah, should try. Nothing's yeah. free. So, but you can have <laughs> this. I won't go into the de- too many details, the insights, because I haven't bothered with that. But one big thing, when you go on a plane, it's romantic, isn't it? You're going on a holiday. There's something about it. And I was thinking, rather than doing a TV ad or out of door and all that bullshit that Nils loves to do... Um, why don't you make a film, okay? Which we also know Nils likes to do. But why don't you make a Christmas film, okay? So why don't you... Let's not get everyone talking about the John Lewis Christmas ad. Let's talk about the BA Christmas film that you can only watch on the flight, okay? And then your Out of Home is a is the trailer for the film. Uh, the advert is the trailer for the film on the TV. But it's available for three months on the flight, or maybe a year, who knows? You can go into the detail, Nils. But it's a, it's based on travel it's a rom-com it's a beautiful christmas film based on travel emotions it's got some big hitters in it all financed by ba it's product placement but it's beautiful and you can only watch it on flight yeah i'm into it man we've got some work a bit like that that we, that we might be cooking up it's not a, a rom-com christmas ad rob as we speak but uh, well then that... the idea that there's like limited content on on the plane that's fun i have, so, to, I have to say no, mate did, did you did you do the safety video <laughs> we did did you like the safety video how long is the safety video it's, it's amazing you got like all these celebrities in there sorry just, can Neil, the can, sorry can Neil sound less underwhelmed more underwhelmed oh, you than want a bit my more idea react, a bit more yeah, react, sorry, so was, that, was that a brilliant idea Nils yeah, I mean honestly that idea put the hairs up on my arms raw by um, <laughs> you know I, I'm gonna brief everyone now on it and great. We'll make sure that we're by the way I'm, have, I'm the one that has to write the film so that's great oh, okay. as well yeah <laughs> And it won't be a short film because no one likes short films. No, how long is it going to be like? Four, it's three hours. hours. It's, no, six yeah. hours. It maybe, maybe, maybe you different New York to London. As long as the flight is. So it, it, I have to be in the it. film as well. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be me and, um, I don't know, Hayley Bieber or someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 24 hours of content. Never but sleep. Because people would be excited <laughs> to watch that on the flight. But anyway, Neil, so how are you, buddy? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. There's lots going on, lots of sort of stateside stuff happening and um, some big work about to drop there, which is fun. And yeah, we're having lots of fun, man. When are you going to let me come over to your office? Um, whenever you want to come over to our office and hang out. That okay. Is- Can I just come and hang out? At what point would that be irritating, though? You'd well, tell me, wouldn't you? Just really. Um, okay. All right. I I, I can't. What's a review with you like? A what? A review? A review. Uh, yeah, good. You thought he'd left all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't didn't know. I asked him, I asked Niels not long ago. I said, is it true you don't have account handlers? 
I don't know why I got it in my head that it was an office full of creatives. I don't know. Why. He's never said that. I just thought that that's sort of something that's that Niels would probably do. Expect, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he was like, what do you think? All of the flies are placed. I was like, what? how does anything get done? And then uh, he was like, no, we do. It's, quite, it's still a structural uh, agency. We still have to finance. We still have. You have to build clients. Yeah, like we, exactly. <laughs> we still have to have financial goals. Otherwise, uh, it's just going to go chaos. But um, congratulations on everything. And we love continue to, and continue to admire your work Niels oh thank you thank you man and congrats to you guys too you're both smashing it basically aren't you like sort of pod voice influencer celebrities thank you uh, thank you yeah you're right there Um, but we'll come over we'll come over one Thursday are you in the office on? how often are you in the office it's a big question. Yeah, I'm, I'm in quite a lot. I mean, lately there's been quite a bit of travel, but I'm in quite a lot. Too. Just text next time and we'll, we'll just like make sure you get in and we have a few beers or whatever. It'll be fine. There he is. Let's do it. There we go. We set it up. Done. Brilliant. All right, Niels. Well, look, Good things to, happen. Go go knock them dead. Feel free just to like work my idea into your next idea. Uh, it's good that you caveated with we've got something similar in the pipeline. So when this comes out, uh, you've kind of done that. You know what you're doing. This is why he's the best. This is why he's the best, isn't it? All right, cool. See you later. <laughs> Take care, man. See you, bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Lovely. Look at that. I think he quite. I think he. Uh, okay, let's just dissect that. Let, let's just, let's yeah, let's deconstruct that. You can never. I thought he'd be more excited about it, but mm. I don't know what I was expecting. But then at the same time, to say that he's got something similar, and then he said something. Then he said we're doing some exclusive content yeah. on the flight. That's not really similar, but. In the yeah. same f- essence of the idea. Yeah, I think he's quickly briefing the creatives to, to mock it up I and, think get, is, and put a, a reverse I'm the date as put, well. Put a couple of months back on the date. Exactly. I think this is going to happen. You watch, okay. If there is. Oh, funnily enough, film, Rob, um, we, we had this idea last I, year. I wouldn't, and I, I shouldn't say Christmas film because he'll just do a Valentine's film now. He will. Love that man, though. Love it. Let, let, let's, let's try and do the whole tour. So, okay, so you've got your flight sorted out with BA, right? Yeah. Where are you going to stay when you land? Do you know what? I yeah. have done a partnership with Corporate Traveller Ooh. who book uh, corporate travel for businesses. So they were one of my first long-term partners. Free holidays? No. Oh. Because they, they do corporate travel. So I did actually meant ask them to help me book something once. But that, that's great. So, it's about, so that was a good example of, of, right, how can I bring my characters into like Jenny and Gavin and Simon and those people? How can we get them to go to New York? What could possibly yeah. go wrong that will then highlight the features of Corporate Traveller? And so again, they came to me. It's so great. I love it when marketeers see what I'm doing and kind of think, do you know what? Let's work with him. I feel like I'm seeing behind the curtain now. So I'm going to go, uh, Rob's just posted uh, a, a spoof of Rolex. <laughs> but this is it. But I can, like, it's true. I'll, I'll, I'll think of um, what would be a great uh, partner and, and I'll I'll talk about them a bit you that is a lot of people do a that tease. Yeah. a little tease and i think it it's um those there's a good way to kind of manifest partnership deals and you yeah. know especially on linkedin because you can have all the just, brand co- managers. just copy the entire like the senior marketing team in, exactly you? exactly <laughs> oh by the way and the merlin team follow me who, do they yeah Ooh. so alton towers tickets all of that oh perfect so i can't remember who it was i spoke to so I keep having to mention Merlin in my sketches, hoping that the person yeah, will reach d- out yeah, to Yeah, Merlin, me. Uh, if you're listening. Merlin Entertainment, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I was at Cam with the CMO at some round table at Campaign. They're a lovely yes, bunch. They're really nice. Very, very nice. I thoroughly recommend Merlin. Did you enjoy actually. Can? I love Can, yeah. 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 It's so it, great. It feels like the thing with Can, I, I was a bit too busy, I think. I, yeah. I, I felt like I could have done a bit more of the turn up to the party and talk my way in and, you know, see who I meet. I find it's, it's so, I feel so lucky. Like, I want to just 
paint a picture five years ago of where I was in my career and like what's happened so you can just see the sense of the differences I was I've I've always been a bit lost I think in marketing I've always been an account handler who's good but never you know people I my peers are now like running sort of Samson and there's and there's loads of them they're like very senior like and I was never that I don't know if I wasn't hungry I wasn't good enough I was competent I was curious and those are the things and and, you know, I got to sort of a head of social, head of digital kind of level or, you know, senior director, client comm sort of level. But I was kind of lost. And I think it it took something like this. When I, when I, I think in this job, you've got to find, like, what's your role in it? Like, what is it that you enjoy about it? And for me, it was when TikTok came along and it just it changed everything for me. And so when I get invited to something like Can. I would never have got invited to Cannes off the merit of being an account handler. And now I'm a creative director at Gravity Road. That would, that's unthinkable to like five years ago. So it, it's a strange industry that like, and I think it comes a lot down to your own confidence in knowing what you're good at and what your ability is. I've always been good at creative ideas. I've always been good at, well, that writing and all those things, but I never thought, oh, that's not my job though. My job is account handling. And, and I never thought I could make a switch. I never, I've never heard of an account handler becoming a creative at 40 years old. This is the thing I don't teach you in school, though, isn't it? Like when, when you're at school, you think you have to be a doctor, a teacher, a scientist, engineer, whatever. But the idea that you could actually earn a decent living out of something that is just a lot of fun, right? Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's exactly that. that. And I remember I, I was working at Exposure. There's a wonderful founder there called Tim Bourne who said to me once, and he meant this in the nicest possible way, is like, um, do what you're really good at. He's like, you're funny and people love you. And and I thought that's a really nice thing to say. At the time, I was a bit like, that feels a bit rude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was absolutely right. And actually now I look back at that and it's almost like, it's kind of where I'm at now. It's kind of do it, making people laugh. Uh, I'm, I'm very good at like noticing what's going on around me. So it's, it's almost like I was always meant to be doing this. But it's taken, what, 23 years? I love the fact you did that in your early 40s. That's just yeah, and that's really another inspiring. thing. Like I, I've never been one about like what age you are and, mm. and all of that. And I'm so glad I waited till I was this age anyway because uh, I'm just more sensible. Uh, I am at a stage now where I, I could work hard at something and uh, I had the, I was able to kind of freelance take time off to kind of focus on something like this so that's not always available to everyone but I've also really put the graft in it wasn't an overnight thing I was making you know I was probably spending eight hours a day filming making sketches doing all that writing and then you know my wife would go to bed I'd film I'd be first up in the morning like getting up at like six and filming and writing and doing all that stuff like the work but if you love it um it can be one of the hardest things actually is because I love it so much is turning it off at weekends and finding that balance. Because if you love what you do, it's all you think about. I, I always think it's nice when, when you do so. I mean, it's also why I do this podcast because I actually get so much energy from it. Yeah, and it exactly. doesn't, doesn't feel like hard it doesn't work. feel like work. Just, I look forward to it. Like, oh, this is great. I'm going to have a chat with someone I really like. I'm going to learn I'm loads. I'm part time. Exactly that. And I'm part time at Gravity Road. So I, I spend two days working there and then uh, two days uh, just doing that I, I i feel like i've got a job for two days the other days where i'm doing my create create my content i don't see 
as real days like work. It's but not people true. are paying you good money for you to create content exactly on their behalf, that. right? This is insane. It, so when, you know, you talked about all the, you know, long days, up early, up late to try and make it work. How long did it take you till you could actually make a living out of doing this? Okay, so I'd say my first partnership was with Getty and that was about seven months in. And that I wrote on a post-it note, okay, and I've still got it. I wrote, I'd love to make £3,500 a month from comedy, from uh, this world of like uh, performance and writing and that sort of thing. And I had it, I've had it on the, in, the, in our bedroom and thinking, okay, what can I do with that? And it, it took about, my first partnership with Get It, I didn't know how to cost stuff. And I mean, I, I was at that point, uh, work at head of influence. So I should know all of that. But you, you kind of, you don't want to overcharge too much at the start anyway, and they don't have the budgets. But it made me realize, oh, I can do these brands. I can work, you know, how can I bring Get It Delivery into my world so i wasn't even doing necessarily office-based stuff particularly i was doing more relatable just being at home stuff sketches so it took about probably took about a year and a half two years before i was making a living from it and even now i've still got work at gravity road so even though uh, i'm making more from my comedy my my sketches and being a content creator than i am working with them i still like to because I, I love the job and I love what I do. So I still want to work in agencies. Isn't that crazy? And I also think that comes down... It does down, keep you real though, doesn't it? It keeps it you does keep you real. But also I feel like there's also part of me that's like, is it, could it all just come crumbling down tomorrow? And that's that you can't live that way. You know, that's, for me, it's, this is just the beginning in terms of what I want to do. But there's still that I still battle with that confidence as well about, um, you know is this as good as it's going to get? What, where can I take it? What, just keeping working hard at it. But I always thought, you know, if you're good at something and you work really hard at something, you put that grind in, you'll always come to the top. And I, and it took me that sort of year of kind of grinding away at TikTok to really sort of find what I wanted to do with it, find what, what made me special at it. And, and, and then to sort of how I can turn it into a business, uh, and even still, it still surprises me, like getting invited to go to Cannes with TikTok. Uh, the people I get to meet, um, it's just incredible. I get to award, um, host award shows as well now. I've got a live performance that I do at the minute, which is a, a fake spoof pitch called The Frack. Uh, the agency is called The Frack Pack. And um, I basically am Dunning-Kruger Creative Services uh, studio. And I am the CEO and I'm pitching for this fracking company because we're desperate for the work. So we work with anyone uh, and they're called the frack pack. And I basically take, I perform this whole pitch as a one man show for like 20 minutes of, I go through the strategy, the creative ideas, um, the build up towards them, client arriving. It's a bit of audience interaction. And I love that's the kind of stand up side of me where I really wanted to start bringing, how can I, when award shows or conferences, like come and talk to do, do, do a Q and like, I'd rather do a performance mm. And that's gone down a storm. People are loving that. I mean, I've done it a few times and I'm going to expand on that. So how can I bring more live performance into what I'm doing um, and kind of edge back into kind of that sort of stand up? And you mentioned your new agency, Dunning-Kruger as well. Yeah, Congratulations so, on the launch of that. That's, yeah, that's Dunning-Kruger really right? Creative Studio yeah. is my agency uh, where I'm the founder of it. Uh, it's the name of my business and Dunning-Kruger is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I think is when you have, 
you, you're, you think your ability is more than it is, basically. <laughs> and I thought, what a great name for an agency. Um, so I want to build out this network of like, I, everything I do will be under Dunning Kruger. So now Dunning Kruger is the agency in all my sketches. Um, uh, there's a whole raft of possibilities of what I can do with that as an idea. Uh, why can't it be its own agency in real, you know, why, why isn't it? A, and it is in a way, because that's what my business name is. So I, I heard this little rumor going around that the reason have a sport on common was they couldn't afford you. That, this is absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. They wanted me and I said, look, no, you should try and common. Yeah. They're doing their best. Uh, they've got a few it's little clients. Only fair, right? It's yeah. only fair. The there's three of them. So they do need more they do, money. They do need more. Yeah. yeah. I take, I would have taken uh, 30, uh, 60% less money than them. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, no, I think look, the industry, it's really exciting. And I, I can't tell you how grateful I am every day. And people talk to me about how much they enjoy the, the sketches I do. And I love getting that feedback because I, I sometimes, when I create them, I don't think about people watching them. I think about my mates watching them, but it's like I'm shocked sometimes when people kind of refer, like you talk about your favorite ones. I think, oh my God, I literally <laughs> thought about that one when I was on the toilet coming up with the idea. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And that's the best way though, isn't it? It's that's the best that's way. always the case. And like with, with what I do, because I've got the green screen, I've got my ring light and my phone and my green screen. There's no overheads. There's no barriers to entry. There's, I don't have to leave the house. And I feel like that all helps me because it's like it makes it so easy. I think if you want to do something like become a content creator or, or you do something similar to me, it's like you want to remove those barriers so that there's nothing stopping you. Because I see it happen all the time. Someone will join TikTok and they're, you know, it's a lot of work. And so if you can make it as easy as possible, a simple niche find a nice simple niche that you don't have to do a lot of work to do it but you can just do it all a lot of and then you'll get better you'll find interesting ways to make it more unique and that's what kind of one of the really interesting things you talked about actually that i wanted to pick up on is is confidence mm. and i think that for most people is what holds them back i mean even i mean i've had a reasonably decent career but i remember when i went freelance and not knowing the work was going to come in was really scary and i remember i like like you i had the post-it note and i said it was a, a small bit more than yours but it was like i got i got to get that in every month right yeah and at the beginning of the month i never knew whether i was going to get to it and it was really scary. Freelancing. Oh, really scary. And I think that that is, there is a confidence to that. And I, I remember freelancing is, is probably something I haven't done enough sketches about that. But the the fear of just yeah. the work coming, it's great when is you've got a happen? gig in a few weeks, but yeah. you're not, you don't choose to be sat at home playing your PlayStation. No. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. As good as that is. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, it, it is, it, yeah, it can really, it, it's terrifying sometimes. Yeah. It really is. Now, there's a few people that keep coming up in your sketches. Uh, you know, we've mentioned Nils, uh, Rory, Cindy. Yeah, have you got some heroes? Who are your heroes? I, okay, Cindy Gallup, if people who don't know, she is, uh, she founded, or she, she opened up New York's BBH office. She's like a strategic powerhouse, basically. She's also a female business owner, uh, female founder. So she's got her Make Love Not Porn uh, site. And so she's a big spokeswoman, a big character within the industry. And I've always been a fan of hers. And just the way she gives female founders a voice and she doesn't put up with any shit. She'll call people out. And she, there's not many of them in the industry. So she always rose to the top of like conversations all the time. And, and one of the great things about my position is I, I get to meet some amazing people. And I met Cindy quite early on. 
And I was just blown away by her, just as a character. She's so smart. I, in fact, I bought, she's a life coach as well, like a business coach. Yeah. And so for Valentine's Day this year, I bought my wife an hour life uh, business coaching with Cindy. How cool. And because and, she's just incredible. Yeah. And I loved, I want people, to, everyone to know, most people know about Cindy, yeah. the industry, but the more people that know about it, the She better. is formidable, isn't she? You she's just formidable, say, but there's yeah. people like her and people like Rory, and everyone mm. knows Rory, but... I just, those people can be really inspiring to like junior people when they hear that interesting take on insights and stuff. It kind of, it always is a thing that kind of made me really excited about the industry because they're curious and that kind of really helps. And there's people like Zoe Skaman as well, who just does all this work. She makes me so much smarter every day when she posts these links about fan, you know, these original thoughts she's had as well as look at what these guys, what Nike are doing over here. Look at what these brands and I she spends the time doing all that research so that you don't have to and you can just absorb all this knowledge. And I think like people like that should be shouted out because, I mean, they're incredible. Yeah. And they're the sort of people you'd want on your team. Yeah. Or if you're going into a pitch room, going to a pitch meeting, I don't know why you would You're right. One of, one, of, one of the advantages today versus, you know, when you and I were kind of cutting our teeth as young lads was is you, there's so much access to real amazing insight, talent, content out there. So, you know, almost any subject you can kind of get experts talking to you about it, yeah. you know, for free. And I, again, it's the confidence. It's like now because of what's happened to me and, and I get to go to Cannes and I can meet interesting people, it's just you suddenly realise oh, anyone can meet these people. And I think LinkedIn's great for that. You, people love to talk about themselves. And so it's just ask them yeah. can you have like 10 minute coffee or i'd love to pick your brains on this i don't want a job don't say you want a job because i'll stress them out but it's like you can have access to these people and so uh yeah it's amazing that you can and that's what's great about podcasts this is where well, link, well, podcasts and linkedin are just absolutely insane because you, yeah. you can get to meet people that in any other scenario you'd have no chance whatsoever of getting time with in fact people in their team probably get, get less chance of getting hold of them and sometimes and, you can get you know and i think you can see like now what as I said about being curious and I became a TikTok expert and you know there's so much that's happening with the industry now with AI and uh, just where the creativity's going it's like I hope people junior people like can look up at those people and think oh I can do that yeah. I can become an expert I yeah. can I can be the next voices like that um, it shouldn't just be dominated by the Rory's and all of that there's hmm. there's room for everyone and I think that I hope people feel the confidence to go out and explore how they can be a voice like that as well. Definitely. You must get like so many messages and approaches a day, given where you've got your LinkedIn. And how, how do you cope with the volume of like people um, so tapping you up? This I got an agent and I'm almost, again, this is a confidence thing. I was almost embarrassed to say that, like I've got an agent, but why wouldn't I? Because it's like, you know, it, it basically allows me to focus on, I, I wanted to get someone who wasn't just, you know, uh, worked an influencer agency. I wasn't particularly interested in that. I wanted someone who's more commercial. So I got like, he's the ex-commercial director. His name's Raf McDonald, who's the ex-commercial director of Coca-Cola. So he knows the industry. He used to work with BD Network, with My Coke Music. So he knows all the people I know. That's how I would recommended him. And so he he takes on all the, all the work that isn't just making the, the content. He gets all the brand approaches. He goes and finds the brands. Um, I'm bringing out a book. You're bringing uh, out a book? I'm bringing out a book. Seriously? Yeah. Breaking uh, news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news, actually. Have, yeah. has, does anyone know that? No one is knows this. Like, this. Is this a big so, thing? Right, this is the idea, okay? Go on, pitch it. Everyone in the agency world uh, has a notebook, okay? You've got one right here on the desk. 
uh, I was like, they, why isn't it made specifically for agency people? So I'm bringing out an agency specific daybook uh, that will have uh, fun things in it like finance meeting bingo, uh, where to sit in a meeting so you don't have to do any work. <laughs> That's so good. Um, what else is in there? Uh, a page of notes so you can leave it on your desk so you look busy, even though it's <laughs> uh, And just where to keep your job numbers and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So it's yeah. useful as well. So I'm bringing out a little daybook. That's so cool. Uh, a Rob Mayhew daybook, a Dunning Kruger Rob Mayhew daybook. So that's coming out soon. And so, yeah, so he'll, he'll help me with those ideas and that's what's given me the freedom. So that's what all, all but at the same time, if anyone DMs me, I'll, I'll try and get back to everyone. It's not always possible. That's what's really nice is about the community. Yeah. Uh, talking about Zoe Scaman here. It's about the community that I've built. It's true. It's like a niche community. Uh, it's paying me a living and, and it, it's allowing me to be really creative and I love it. And I get to meet amazing people and uh, have a lot of fun with it and hopefully make some positive changes. I think I'm only just getting going. So hopefully I'll think of a way that we can improve the pitch system. I'm kidding. I won't. Um, but like, you know, I want to. Another thing that was really important to me was the pregnant then screwed campaign. So the whole, you know, we've had a baby, um, me and my wife. So it's going back to work as a woman or even as a dad, you know, it's really difficult. So there, there are things I'm interested in getting more involved with uh, that I think are really mean something to me. But at the same time, you know, there's lots I want to do, doing more performance stuff. I want to, I, you know, I was talking to my agent the other day saying I want to do a, I want to do an agency radio show. Um, maybe it's a partnership with Spotify or something where uh, Thursdays from four till six because I've always wanted to be a radio DJ. Why not? Why can't I be? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe I do a streaming show on Twitch that is me going through previous ads and just talking about Ooh, them. Oh, that's nice. It's a nice idea. Yeah, isn't I like it. it. I like um, that. Idea. You can have I think that you're onto something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and it's like you know the the, the enemy here is time, isn't mm. it? That's always the enemy. Well, this is the thing with the agent, right? So if, if if the agent allows you to do more with the time you've got, happy days. It absolutely. But I think you know at the same time it's. Uh, you want to I want to be fully committed on stuff and as I said it it's the barriers to it yeah. like I don't want to start something and then realize it's a lot of work yeah, totally. down the line so maybe maybe just uh change tack for a bit a few different questions just to kind of happy 100 episode by the oh, way thank you by the way I know this is I should say this this is episode who's been 100. your favorite guest oh that you were notes. so who's okay. been the guest who you always wanted to meet I'll fudge it slightly and say a few different guests. Yeah, okay. So the, the, the guest actually that I probably enjoyed the most actually was uh, Joe Arden, right? Yeah. I, I, Joe Arden's amazing. I love her. And it, it's, it's really sweet, actually. So she came, she says, how are you? She came mm. in and she goes, she, you know, she's been on stages and, you know, writes for campaign and all that kind of thing. Anyway, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. She goes, John, I'm a bit nervous about this. Like, my team were really excited that, you know, I took them out for a really big thing last week and then I've come in. They're more excited about this and, you know, whatever. Yeah, she goes, I'm a bit nervous. And uh, Kerry, who kind of helps manage the show, um, went and got a uh, couple of cans of wine for us. And there's something nice about having a little drink during the day, isn't Where's, there? Like, what, what, you did that with Niels the other week. You uh, did that with him, I didn't know. you? Yeah. Rosé. This is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I did get a cross on, that's fine. No, the, uh, yeah, the sponsors pulled out, you know. Fine. They weren't paying enough. No. Fair enough. I'm not so. on your rates yet. So who's been... Um, um, so yeah, Joe was great. So, so, you know, sometimes, like, conversations just have that energy, so that's yeah. really good. Um, Niels, uh, the reason why I've had him back, again, partly is just... I, I love... 
I love the way he thinks. He, he can look at the world in a way that makes me go, oh, yeah, I, I kind of hadn't kind of seen the world in kind of that same way before. So uh, that's good. Um, and then uh, someone like, you know, Sir John Hegarty is just like, you could just listen. You know, there's people that you could just yeah. go press play and just like, wow, you were the guy that made the Levi Zab with, you know, yeah. the laundrette and the, with the music the boxer and the boxer shorts. Because exactly. yeah. I grew up with that. I mean, 501s were like really cool jeans when I was, you know, in, in the 80s. And, and that was my favourite ad. And you're the guy that made the ads. So yeah. th- that's the little bit of a, oh, wow, you know, get to meet someone that's made something that, you know, had an impact on me as I was growing up, you know, would be amazing. So, I mean... It's it's really hard to pick, as you know, like you know, because you have you know when you get to a hundred, you think there's been so many. But um, who would you like to get? Oh well, that's an interesting one. So the the the, <laughs> the 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 kind of the business man in me would go someone like Scott Galloway, right? Yeah. So, but he charges like insane amounts of money, and I've never paid anyone to come on the podcast. I was so about pa- to add that's gonna be my next so, question. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so yeah. part of me is like, I think the thing with podcasting, it's a mutual exchange isn't it yeah. so people give their time and expertise for free they you know but and the thing i thing i love about doing this is i can guarantee every guest something great has happened as, as a result of being on the podcast I, I had a message from someone yesterday who was on the podcast a year ago yeah. and he said i just want to thank you because i got like approached yesterday about doing some work you know with the agency you set up from an episode we did a year ago it's still That's brilliant. Yeah, it may, so I, I love that so um so i think scott will be one uh, I, I'm trying to get Mark Pritchard at the moment. Just, you know, yeah. those sort of been there, done it kind of CMOs, you know, yeah. that have just got oodles experience. Um, I was trying to get, um, oh, who's the guy, the famous, in fact, I, I, I did this, I did this post going, uh, you know, Ritson's the world's most famous marketing professor. And then someone actually commissioned a bit of research, did a poll mm. to find out like famous marketing professors. And I hope Ritson's not listening. He, he got 2%. What? Who yeah. won? Um, Philip Kotler. Don't even know who that is. I know. I know. <laughs> who like cleaned up? He's ninety. I think he's ninety-two or something. He's still alive. He'd be, be quick, get right. him on. I know. I know. <laughs> so I said to Kerry, "Can you get hold of Kotler yeah. for me, sort of thing?" Because you know, ninety-something, right? He's he's he got like sixty percent share of. What was he doing? I mean, how long has he worked in the industry? Well, he must have like forever. I mean, like, like in the 30s? But he's, he's written all the books and like you know the famous textbooks and management and marketing and theory wow. and this kind of thing. So so if you do, if you look it up, I mean, you know, Sir Ritson's probably the most famous professor work. King, yeah, you know, today, but it's he like you know, I love him. You, you got like him, you got Byron, you got Scott, they all got like two percent each, or whatever. Yeah. And then you got Philip Kotler with like 88 or something crazy. Maybe he's my maths is sat there, right, just but kept entering himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Kotler's been, got his SOA, SEO yeah. sorted, you know, maybe it's his grandchildren's yeah. great grandchildren. Yeah, come on, everyone, right? You know, exactly. <laughs> or, or maybe the person that maybe it's his grandson that did the poll Probably or something just yeah. to cut two fingers off of my post. Yeah, yeah, that, that told the uncensored CMO. Be a great one, though, wouldn't it? I thought, imagine like someone who's got lifetime experience because the thing is, thing is my, my theory on this is that people that have been fired people that are like you don't depend on like a boss or a yeah. business be, be or people honest. that are retired they're going to tell you how it is i've been fired loads yeah. by the way have you oh not fired i've been i've, <laughs> I've been let go or i have, like this I haven't passed game. my probation <laughs> um <laughs> haven't passed my probation Pre-fired. a lot of the times you're just not right for the job yeah uh, okay, have you been, and I, have I you interview been... very well. So, I don't know why I interview very well. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's then a letdown. But hang on, surely people just look you up and go, yeah. <laughs> but I know, but like, I, yeah, they'll go, like, yeah, he travels around yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'm talking about old Rob, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, pre, pre, pre TikTok. Pre, pre knowing pre. what I'm good at. Rob. Okay. All right. Uh, master, <laughs> master of everything. Master of Rob, all things. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's you just, uh, just you, but you go to a certain age, it just doesn't work. I went client side a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Bombed. Not, but didn't. But I just it was just didn't. I didn't. Okay. What's the biggest thing you've been fired for? Just not. Just it not working. Like mm. I didn't. What well, didn't work? Just, it just, <laughs> I, just I, didn't, I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I worked at a luxury furniture and lighting company, and I'm not going to mention the name. Uh, it's on my LinkedIn profile, and uh, I just I I probably was just out of my depth. It was at that point in digital and social. Social was, but I was one person trying to do digital and social, and so you got to be an expert in social media. You got to be an expert in paid you gotta be an expert in just the website and i probably do a great job of it now but at the time you just don't you kind of and i think that's everyone in their career you especially if you're going into new jobs it doesn't always work out because you don't know everything we've all got to admit this now we're not most of us don't know anything we just have what our experience from the mistakes we've made previously and and our curiosity and all of that stuff and and so i don't think i'm unusual in that sense and I think sometimes, you know, some people just, you know, just hit the ground running and work really hard. I think I get bored quite easily. That's why I was always looking for something that I was good at or at least was interested in, then I'd become good at it. Because if I'm interested in something, I'll make sure I'm the best in the room. And like now, if I sit down and talk about video content, content in general, or specifically TikTok, I'm the smartest one in the room, even with the TikTok lot. I'm kidding. I'm like, <laughs> yes. But in, in a way, it's like it, it's just. It took, it took yeah. me that long amount of time to realize that I didn't need to be doing the things I'm not good at anymore. But these are things we don't talk about, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I was thinking of creating the Fired Twice Club and yeah. just, you know, all those people that have been fired at least right. at least twice. I think you have to be fired twice. You've got to you be know. fired twice. I mean, if, first is just practice. Second time you learn. You know, just, it's, I, met, I met this, um, I met this uh, very successful VC owner in Tel Aviv once. Yeah. And he was, I was captivated by him. But he said... If he interviews anyone and they've not been fired, he won't give them the job. Because he basically said, if you've not failed or been fired, you've not tried. And that's like, really? That's that's fair enough. That is flipping ballsy. He thinks it's a British thing. He says, when he flies over here, like, like it'll be tumbleweed. If you mention, like, yeah, you've got strongest, fired. What's or, your biggest weakness? Yeah, You're like, oh, tumble, attention oh, to detail. Oh, I'm too perfectionist. Exactly. I'm just too good. You know oh, what I mean? Please. You must have done, you, you've done TikTok No, you that. just give me some ideas. Oh, come on, you've got to do that one, isn't it? And <laughs> one, a lot of agencies would probably, I mean, I, I'm, by the way, I'm not sort of talk, talking myself down a little bit. I'm very adequate. I'm very good with clients as well. Clients liked working with me. But I think a lot of agencies would keep me around because I was quite good fun as well. Like, not, you know, good for the culture. Um, but uh, as you get to a senior level, that doesn't quite work out anymore. It should do, though. It should yeah. do. Because I, th- I think there's entertainment and humor. Personality. Are, are, like, underrated. I mean, like, where, is flipping, everyone in, where are the we... funny ads now? Yeah. Like, they've just gone. I love funny ads as yeah. well. And I think, we all like you funny know, ads. You remember, you remember, people that make you laugh, you remember. I'm definitely a different person than I was even five years ago, let alone like 10, 15 years ago mm. when it comes to just my work ethic and everything now. I think a lot of people, and me, I was guilty of this, you, you enjoy the hang mm. more than the job. And like working in certain agencies, you go there and you're like, my God, I've got a ping pong table, got a, a Friday <laughs> bar, you know, you've got... And these are, they could still be great agencies, but you, you probably really enjoy the, yeah. the social side of it. And I think that's, there's something to be said about that, especially yeah. in your 20s. But I think... 
as you get older, then you start re- reading the list of benefits. Like, okay, maternity <laughs> yeah, pension. Leave. Oh, there is no maternity, <laughs> maternity leave. What's that leave, about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the pension. Like, I think your priorities shift. But I think this is this is the thing that a lot of people underestimate is surround yourself with people that you want to work with. Like, I mean, we were talking about bosses and how what a massive impact your boss has. I mean. You know, I've had some incredible bosses, but if you don't have a good boss, it can be like it's genuinely like it can, you know, ruin your work. I've had jobs it? where I didn't want to go into work, like just it, almost in tears, like you yeah. just didn't want to go in because it's just toxic. And the other end of that, you can't wait to go in because your boss, uh, and norm- in my experience, normally female bosses are just fantastic and just. They understand that you might have your life outside of work, so they're slightly more. Uh, they understand the balance that you might need, but also they understand that you need motivating rather than just being told off or have just run. You can't run an agency with fear. Uh, it needs to be, you know, you need to feel like you're a team. You need to be excited, like to work on a pitch. Like I don't mind working late on a pitch if I feel like uh, my time will be valued and. Uh, we're all doing it for the greater good. But if you, but your boss isn't great, then it's just, it's horrible. It's the yeah. worst. It's the yeah. worst thing in the world. I think you, if the, the minute you get your career and your job life in a good place, mm. the rest of your life it feels yeah. so much better. You're a better person to be around. You're better yeah. for your husband, wife, whatever. Like, totally. uh, it's such a big impact. And um, I hope things changed. I, th- I feel like there's a generation now where, that especially an agency where mm-hmm. there was a slightly um you know when it was run by kind of toxic men can we say that yes uh, I'm talking, or, quoting or men, cindy men, here. men with toxic traits men with or toxic, toxic traits. behavior like yeah, not men beings yeah it's a really interesting thing sydney uh, sydney cindy said this is like we don't need less men we just need less bad men at the top yeah. like we just need to get rid of the the terrible toxic ones yeah. uh, and yeah. you know give women a chance to it. and actually i think uh, culture within agencies uh, there are very small especially small independent agencies and agencies like gravity road they they know that creativity and that comes from a nice workplace yeah. and and uh hiring nice people and and that and it's less about kind of being last to leave the office and some of that still goes on sometimes but you know i think hopefully there's a different way of working and younger people now kind of we're like oh, why do i have to work till nine o'clock tonight totally. so you mentioned adam morgan actually and eat the big fish yeah. right and uh, he and i were chatting on episode two about how would we make this podcast unique get you know add something to it that's different to other podcasts and anyway came up with this idea that bombed but i'm going to try it out again okay. right just i'm going i'm going to relaunch it as an idea and he said to me why don't you ask the guests to tell you something they have never told anyone before yeah. and the problem is most guests were like uh oh so you don't have this like pregnant pause for about 10 minutes or they go um so can't yeah, say that yeah, one. can't say uh, that no not that one um uh well there was this one but no oh, okay no maybe they're listening um <laughs> so it kind of went on like this but tell me something you never told anyone so when i first started on tiktok i was trying to uh, i was trying to figure out what to do and what characters to be and all of that sort of stuff and you're experimenting and i started a page uh which is still live uh, I haven't told anyone this. Uh, cool. uh, it's, it's a character called Claire Viante. So my name was Claire Viante. It's a clairvoyant. And I would, I had this thing. I don't know why I had it. It was like a, a light bulb that had a string and you press pull it and the light bulb would light up. And then I'd offer to give readings. To, uh, like I say, I'm a psychic. And it was a comedy character called Claire Viante. I'd wear a big sort of fur coat with a hat. 
completely. I mean, anyone who looks at it would be like, he's doing a character. And I'd give readings and I'd post, it got, I can't remember how big it got, but it was getting, doing the numbers more than my other stuff was. But people started believing it. And they'd, they'd be like, I'd have what were clearly like teenagers going, so I've got a crush on this boy, what should I do? Or, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to do. My life, what should I do? With so people make big life decisions yeah. based on and then I was like, <laughs> okay. I, like, Very quickly, I was like, oh, this, okay. isn't going, this is meant to be a joke. Yeah. And now I'm, you can't, and you suddenly realise and people want to believe in this stuff. So I stopped it, but that's still up there. Is it? Yeah. Really? Can you still get? Can you still contact Claire Beyonce? You can't because I, I only remembered about it uh, not long you ago. To pull the That's IP why I'm no, never the, told uh, anyone because um, it's maybe, a bit awkward now. Hang on, I'm just opening TikTok for anyone that's listening in um, <laughs> to see if it's there. Um, Claire Beyonce. I just want to show you what this looks like. Beyonce. Great name, by the way. Yeah. Clairvoyante. Have you registered it? I was because this was going to be a whole character. Maybe you can bring her into your sketch. If you still think, I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll, uh, I'll show you after. But it's it so, and it was, yeah, so I haven't told anyone that. But actually, that was one of my, that's what I could be doing now. You could have me here yeah. as a clairvoyant. Yeah. How much money am I going to make out of I this? I mean, what episode? brand partnerships <laughs> did I have got? Yeah, exactly. Which brand partnerships which, did I have which, brand, which brand It was hilarious. I, though. I thought it was yeah. really funny. Because I just, it's just the whole, like, you know, spiritual clair, you know, clairvoyant thing is just... Uh, complete sham it's right totally right for spoofing isn't it it's totally right for sent, spoofing yeah. but it just i wasn't i'm too sensitive to like uh the damage it could do i didn't yeah, want to get yeah, yeah, the, yeah. just i don't want to get like some, dreams. some poor like 15 year old 16 year old like telling them to go and ask this person out and then yeah. they'll get the dreams oh shattered. i can imagine there'll, yeah. there'll be a counter site of what claire told me and what happened yeah exactly next. Yeah, what was yeah, like, like, um don't, tr- still don't I'm, trust claire i'm surprised no one oh and another thing is i i am i pretended to be as a character uh, uh and all of these are on my tiktok if you go back far enough um uh tom from myspace so mm. i'd act like i was a millionaire uh and you know ask me anything because e- even though i'm not i don't look like tom from myspace and but people wouldn't go they to wouldn't, the effort yeah, of googling they wouldn't bother checking yeah people are mean to you if you're a millionaire on tiktok oh, like they really? um I, I do thought it was sketches. about aspiration. I do sketches you know. within my other sketches. So if anyone clicked on the page, you'd see my name's Rob yeah. Mayhew. And it, said, it still said Rob Mayhew. So me saying I'm Tom from MySpace and who, I'm English. So yeah. there's a lot of, lot of questions coming up. Uh, people, people with, they, they're not happy if you're a millionaire. They'd be really mean. I, I had this real scam idea of writing a book. Uh, oh, this is something I've never told anyone. I, was, I had the scam idea of writing a book and it was going to be called... You found it, haven't you? How, how, to, uh, how to Become a Millionaire in Overnight. Right? Great. And inside, it just said, write a book on how to become a millionaire overnight. When you first joined like, TikTok, that's, that's it. You, um, uh, when the, whilst the algorithm's learning what you're into, you get a lot of those how to make TikToks mm. that win. And how, there's a lot of courses and all of that. Where I'd just say, number one, TikTok for Business has all those resources. And number two, YouTube. Just go on there and you can learn everything. You don't need to do any of those courses. Good. They're wise words for everyone. Can you just show, look, look at yeah. this. Yeah, let's have it. Let's have it. I can't. I feel sick. That's rather worrying. This is. Is this a? It looks. You look quite good. That's not bad. Nine hundred and fifty. So I'd get ones like, um, "Does he like me back?" Would be the question. <laughs> so I then have to like 
answer that. Summon and I thought, the, oh, yeah. I can't do this. You can't crush it. You can't crush it. And the... just so everyone knows, I didn't do this for like three years. Uh, I did it for like two months. On that bombshell. I think I need to delete that. <laughs> On I? that bombshell. They, they always tell me at System 1, you've got, to peak, you've, got, you've got to have a peak end, right? Yeah. Like, always par- apparently, the answer to everything is end on a high, end on a, you know, something yeah. that's going to get them. End on a laugh. End on a laugh. Okay, the biggest challenge in the world of marketing right now, today, is how can we make B2B sexy? And I agree. And do you know what? I, just with some of the stuff that I'm doing now, uh, like with Pitch or Sitecore or um, those kind of brands that, are being more creative even just by working with me like i think they're seeing that there's a real value in working with content creators uh using linkedin as a platform uh, and tiktok as a platform to because these people are humans when we talk business to business you forget i don't want to everyone this forgets is, this though this is the crazy i don't thing, want to right? say human to human but it, yeah. it is isn't it it is that and it's like these are i whenever i do my sketches i'm just doing them to my workmates like that's who, I, who my mm. audience is and so and it's the same with um you know, when you're when you're like corporate traveller, for instance, they're talking to PAs, they're talking to um, receptionists, they're talking to uh, the finance team, whoever's booking the travel, to whoever's signing off on booking the travel. So it's, um, you, I think you can make it sexy yeah. by just, I'm trying to make it sexy by just making it funny, making it something that people want to share. So people have exposure to those brands. And I, I think... I mean, have seen a switch in the last year of more brands obviously coming to work with me and, and just hopefully just by seeing who might not be on TikTok or on LinkedIn, they're seeing, oh, okay, you can actually, you can create fun content that doesn't have to be dry and, yeah. and product, product, product. It can be a little bit more about the category. It can be a little bit more about uh, an insight or something that's relatable. And then, you know, the, yeah. the text copy can be about the... It's also a massive link. opportunity. Like, there's so much boring B2B out there that, like, doing something interesting like you do, just suddenly you stand out, oh, you know, and I, 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 and massively. It, it's really funny. I, I'm coming from um, uh, sales promotion, all these parts of marketing that people think are boring, actually, I've never found boring. Mm. Like, even now to this day, I would bite your arm off to write T's and C's. I love terms and conditions. I honestly, I can't tell you. Even now I get goosebumps thinking about T's and C's. That's got to be the um, ultimate brief, isn't it? Mate, how do you make T's and C's I could, interesting? Honestly. And, and so, the, but it, like shopper marketing, all that sort of stuff. So I, I love B2B. I love that part of marketing. I feel like it's such a vital part of the industry. And actually the the, the fun, sexy part of advertising, all of that, I, and, and the, the sketch comedy, I feel like I can really add something to that yeah. area. And so if you are a B2B brand or uh, trying to sell to high net worth marketing individuals or small businesses, come and talk to me yeah. and John. Exactly. And, and the other thing is people forget that like it's a pretty decent audience. People say, oh, yeah, but John, you're just B2B, you know, marketing, whatever. I go, oh, you mean all those yeah, really well paid, yeah. influential. But think about how many like agencies and, and spend lots of money. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and lots of people that work for them. How those people? They're, yeah, and they're, who need to be like. They're also pretty interesting, well-educated, yeah. do other stuff and as they're, well. They're, they're, they want to be surprised, delighted and, yeah. and have a creative ad uh, but like they're going to notice things like that are a little bit more innovative. So it actually makes it a little bit harder in a way um, because you have to think a bit different with the audience. So I love it. Brilliant. Top tips there for B2B. Rob, have that been, for free. Thank you. 
It's thank been amazing. Thank you for me being your 100th guest. Yeah, thank you for being the 100th guest. It's my it's pleasure. Been a blast. And lending the jumper. I feel like, you know, yeah. th- this I'm one day... I'm glad you know it's a lend and not a give. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't afford to give that away. In my mind, is I'd be walking around this museum in, in kind of 2040 or whatever, <laughs> and it'll be the jumper behind this big glass with some security around it. You know what I mean? And it doesn't smell as quite as bad as I thought, actually, No, it's lovely. Fair. It's wool. It's so a really nice wool. I've never done, washed it as well yeah. because I would shrink it. Yeah. And if people want to buy a, one of these jumpers? Uh, go on uh, rowingblazer.com. Fantastic. Thanks for letting me plug that, actually. Because that's literally what the reason why I got into any of this was yeah. to get these free jumpers. That's for free, mate. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Uncensored CMO. It's a real pleasure having you join me. Um, if you'd like to never miss an episode again, please do hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe there. If you want to contact me, I'm over at Twitter at Uncensored CMO or on LinkedIn at John Evans. 